Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you for making it on the podcast. I know we've had crazy situations that have uh, disconnected us, but we finally managed to connect. And I believe that everything happens at the time it's supposed to happen. So I want to welcome Holly to the podcast, the Keep It Up Lifting podcast. This is episode one. 87 of the keep it up with the podcast Take it up, listen. <laughs> well thank you thank you for having me it has been a long journey but as you said divine timing on on everything and um i'm really happy to be here thank you thank you thank you so i want to get right into the weeds of it as far as i read the uh this book by deepak chopra um, the seven spiritual laws of success. Have you read this book? I have not read that book. I've read a lot of books, but I've not read that book. Tell me about so, it. So, so in the book, uh, he, um, Deepak Chopra or seven spiritual laws of success. Let me be correct when I mention his title, but he mentions, um, the law of Dharma, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the law of purpose. Mm. And, um, in America, it seems that a lot of us don't know what our purpose is, right? Or uh, before social media, we had more meaningful lives. What is your purpose now as opposed to what it was pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic. Wow. Well, you know, it's been an amazing journey. And, and, and actually, you know, before the pandemic, one of the obviously major things that happened in this country was 9-11, right? And my journey really started then at at 9-11, but what the pandemic did for me 20 years later was um, I I made a vow uh, right around the time of 9-11 at that very low point in the country. I was also at a very, very low point. I made a vow, you know, give me another chance, life, God, Buddha, the universe, and I'll do better. So I spent 20 years on that vow. And during the pandemic, as I printed out a book proposal, that I've been working on. I still haven't published the book, which is fine. The book was a means to an end. I looked over and I could see this kind of path I'd been on, this very circuitous path in a very succinct and clear way. And and, and it was in October, uh, October maybe 18th of of 2020. And um, so for me, that was the beginning of Per Love, which is what I'm uh, here to talk about today. Okay, okay. So um, in your landing page, uh, after digging through the formula um, and on prior interviews that I've heard of yours, you spoke a lot about anxiety, right? Anxiety is the most common mental health disorder in the United States, actually, uh, right before depression. Um, what aspect of American living do you think gives so many people this mental health problem? You mean just in America? I think. Yes. Yeah, well, obviously, social media is a big part of that. But, but what I've learned along the way is that we have we have so many thoughts a day that that that, um, that um, are processed below our level of awareness. I call it below the radar that we create patterns and defaults based on things that uh, most of uh, our mind is negative based as a negative bias. 
And so we create these perfect images of who we should be, yet we reject parts of ourselves. A lot of this, again, without our awareness. And so when those patterns aren't met, that anxiety flares up. When these patterns that we've actually created in our brain uh, through all, you know, all the neurons creating a neural net of these patterns of exactly how we feel we should be to be okay, how society says we need to be to be okay, when those patterns aren't met, there's this, you know, the, there, we've been, there's a reaction in our bodies, which is that anxiety. You know, we, we've, without awareness, we've created these, these um, kind of are markers for us that we have to meet. And when we don't meet those, we beat ourselves up about it, right? And without, again, really knowing what's going on. So you think it's just purely subconscious expectations that kind of give gives majority of Americans, uh, it was an overwhelming number in statistics, yeah. anxiety. Well, mind training matters. And I think we should be taught that in elementary school. In fact, I was just talking to someone the other day and they really inspired me that to, you know, when I get these practices to where I want them to be, to create a program that we could teach children in elementary school. Because mind training matters. And without that, you are at the whim of whatever childhood trauma that you've been in and whatever kind of decisions you made in that split moment to stay safe and whatever you've forgotten and, and kind of, kind of pushed away, but are yet are creating from. And so, yeah, if you, once you understand your patterns and you control your, your mind, you have that mind training, uh, what, regardless of what's happening on the outside, you know, you, you're good to go that, that you can control that. You can alleviate that anxiety uh, on the inside. Absolutely. I wow. believe the outside world is a creation of the inside. So absolutely anxiety as well. Yeah, that's that's talked about in the four agreements where we kind of create our external existence for ourselves. And that's that's in what every self-help, self-improvement book you ever read. Right. That's like right. you create your reality. But happen. in mind training of, you know, because it, it's a lot of our subconscious thoughts are built from the beginning. Right. Right. So. When you talk about mind training, what do you what do you mean exactly in mind training? Because some of the things are instilled in us by how can I be mind trained as a youth outside of the home, but when I go home, there's a level of conditioning there that's happening. How there's do you absolutely I, a level of conditioning? And that's just a matter of growing the awareness of a nation, of the world, that this is important, that children need to be taught these things. But th there's three levels of well, the mind, Freud's three levels, there's the conscious mind, you know, the brain can take in 11 billion bits of information every second, but the conscious mind can only process 40 to 50 of those bits, right? Uh, then there's the subconscious mind, which is pro the, the powerhouse, which is taking all the other bits, including all the thoughts we have. And then there's the unconscious mind, thing that's, things that we can never recall. Like, you know, when you were two and you fell and hit your, your, your nose or whatever, you can't ever recall that. But the subconscious mind is something that we, we can grow our awareness of it. We, the subconscious, we can become conscious of things in our subconscious mind. So the sooner somebody learns that, the more they can start to understand what's going on in their head, which is then what's going on in their world. So I always applaud when I talk to younger people who have, have got it going on and kind of understand that. 
But you're absolutely right. Without that kind of understanding, children that go home to these bad situations are lost. You know, if, if there's not that kind of training, there, there's the way the mind works. And, and uh, the president of the Pima Chodron Foundation, Tim Olmsted, right? He says, this isn't spirituality. This isn't Buddhism. This is how the mind works, right? If you, if you learn anger, you see anger. If you learn, you know, happiness, you see happiness. And it's, it's just as simple as that. So the sooner we can get to training people, the younger, you know, let, the more I'm for it. And, and, and luckily I have this time to do what I can. So I wanted to ask you about that because uh, 90% of adults, right, they were polled and they say there's a mental health crisis in the United States. Mm -hmm. So what made you take it upon yourself to essentially take on a piece of the mission to heal the United States? And the reason I mentioned the United States is because we're here. I know that we have some listeners abroad, but it's not that many, so. I wanted to just just try to direct it at uh, just the core of where we live, right? Where we exist, right? right? You got to help home before you can help the world, right? Well, you know, you talked about those telling those stories before we started recording. And to be honest, James, I did not start this for others. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I mean, I knew of compassion and understanding. But at, at age 34, I, I, I built a world created on my patterns and defaults, hiding the unlovability and unworthiness that I, and anxiety, anxiety is huge for me, that I grew up with. I, I built this perfect world. I had the perfect career, house, husband, family, right down to my pets, Alfredo and Fettuccine, you know. <laughs> but at age 34, that all imploded. And I was at such a low point. I knew there had to be something better. And so, I, like I said, I made this vow for myself, really, to, to, to find this better. And, and, and I got this second chance. And so I, I, I made, to make, I, with my karmic debt in tow, I went out to make good on that vow. And about 10 years into my journey, uh, I realized I had something to say. I'm, something's, something's really gelling here, right? So I made two uh, intentions back in my early 40s. The first was to retire from my profession as an architect before I turned 50. And the second was to have the time and space to write about what I had been learning. So as intentions go, and once I made that vow, James, everything, it was very difficult. It got me out of a mutually manipulative and controlling marriage into an eight-year battle for my children uh, to prevent my, you know, I had to do everything I could back then um, to prevent my alienation from them, my permanent alienation from them, which, you know, thankfully I did. Um, but in t making that vow and keeping it, I tripped upon this amazing path. Like, if, if you don't even have to know how you're going to get somewhere. You just have to, you know, believe it and, you know, be on it and stay with it. I tripped upon this amazing path where things started showing up where I needed. Like, if I had a question, the very next thing I read was the answer. It wasn't the other way around. I didn't, like, read something and then have a question like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I would read it and I'm like, it blew me away. It still blows me away to this day. But in my early 40s, I realized something's gelling here. And as an architect, I, I, I've done hospital work across the country, internationally and, um, and nationally, and I'm good at putting big puzzles together. Right? So I, I retired two days before I turned 50. And in 2017, I sat down to write. 
and then, like I said, it wouldn't be until the COVID pandemic that these principles, this, this formula just showed up one day. It was amazing. Uh, but something tells me, and this might sound kind of way a little bit out there, but something tells me that maybe in a previous life or something, I had gotten pretty far in this and I understood what was going on. And, you know, it, it, I, I kind of went, yeah, nah, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to, I'm not going to bother. Right? So this time around, life's going to be like, okay, look, <laughs> you're going to go through some hell and then you're going to want to do this. Okay. And that's exactly where I'm at. There's nothing that will stop me from doing this, from doing what I can. Nothing. There was nothing. It's my number one priority. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Uh, I've, you know, you're the people who have experienced your speaking or have, um, connected with the formula has definitely, they've definitely have had great things to say. And you seem like a, a person on a mission because coming out of, you said a divorce, uh, um, even a battle for your children, I can only imagine how someone would just be exhausted, forget oh defeated, right? Yeah. And, and single mom, full-time job, fighting for custody of my children. And I, my, I was alienated from my father, so I know the consequences of that. So even though I didn't have any self-worth, I didn't care about anyone else, I knew the consequences. And, and, and I love my children, right? And that taught me so much. But anyway, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that 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 was just my question was uh, just how 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 could you even see to you know do something different than what you were doing when you had all this in the way, right? Yeah. Like, there's so much traffic, and you know, how do you see the exit? Is is essentially what I'm saying. That's a good question, but I was so lost and so miserable and so anxious every day that I knew there had to be something better. And like I said, it, it was a hard road. And one, a couple of times, even after that vow, I kind of went, forget about it. And then life like right again, life is showing you in everything that you do every day and everything that you do, what you need to set yourself free. Right. And, uh, and so I, 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 I was just, it actually helped me along the way, right? I, I, I needed help. I needed, I didn't have, I never really had a guru that I studied under. I did study Buddhism for five years or practice it and live in a Dharma house. But I had that, right? When nothing, when I had nothing else, I had that. It kept, it actually kept me going. And I didn't know where I was going for the first 10 years. I just knew I wanted something different than stuck and lost and anxious and miserable. And, and go ahead. I'm sorry. And then studying Buddhism, uh, is that your natural religion or, you know, and we don't really talk about a lot about religion on this podcast, but uh, the, you know, number one religion in America is what, Christianity or something like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, did you grow up Pentecostal or Catholic? I grew up Lutheran. Okay. And for a while, my mother was an Ekist, which is a whole nother religion. And for a long time, I was just spiritual. And then um, I practiced, I, I didn't start practicing Buddhism. Uh, I started meditation right at the beginning of my journey. That's a mind, body, spirit, right? The first thing I started was, you know, just a little bit of meditation. And if you do one, the others follow along. 
but I didn't really start practice Buddhism till 2014. I really got into it when these amazing teachers and things showed up. Um, but actually, I don't, I'm not a Buddhist anymore. I don't practice Buddhism anymore. But it wasn't just Buddhism, James. I, along the way, there was neuroscience, psychology, and other spirituality. And what I loved about it all, and what, when it all kind of came together, what amazed me is that they all pointed back to a few simple truths. Everything, everything pointed back to, and I remember the day I was looking at this book from, it was a book from the 1980s that, um, do you remember the guy who wrote Don't, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Dr. Uh, Richard Carlson? Actually, yes, I do. I have it. Yes, yes. Bro. Yeah, well, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a small book too. Yes, it is. And right before that, he had written a book called um, You Can Be Happy No Matter What, right? And I read it 10 years into my journey. And then I read it recently. And then at the very beginning of the book, there's a teeny little thing that says, hey, by the way, these first four principles of the five are from this other book from the 1980s called, and this is a terrible title, Sanity, Insanity, and Common Sense, a Breakthrough <laughs> Approach to Happiness. And when I got that book and I started looking at it and it started to bring in all the same things that I'd been learning in Buddhism and spirituality and psychology it, it just blew me away. So, so my gift is clarity, you know, and, and, and to, to be able to see those few simple truths, um, uh, was, was something I, it, it's like, I, I'm hoping to share this with, with as many people as I can. It, it was just amazing that from so many different modalities, these same kind of messages kept coming through from ancient, you know, millennial old wisdom to modern day teachings, the same kind of truths kept coming up for me. I love that it all just came to one place, right? When we were talking about the commonalities amongst all of these self-improvement or uh, philosophy, spirituality type of books. Right. And I have a quote about happiness here from Deepak Chopra. Uh, I, I just revisit it because on your page, I saw uh, Dharma and I was like, oh, I did a video and I read that book. And so um, this this quote actually goes perfect. Uh, as you were speaking about happiness, it says the purpose of life is the expansion of happiness. Yeah. What do you say to that? It, it is the expansion of happiness. But, you know, one of the things that uh, people have said is, you know, happiness was back in the 80s, right, with, you know, um, you know, that, that people want more than just happiness. And so my thing is defining what is happiness, right? And to me, you know, it's uh, to a lot of people, happiness is if I just get that job or, you know, if this person just likes me or if I had some, a little bit more money. But to me, happiness is well-being, right? And well-being comes through uh, growing your awareness, um, your, through your mind training, and, the, and being able to be balanced regardless of what's going on on the outside. And so in that expansion of happiness uh, is where really the evolution of consciousness takes place. So I absolutely believe that. And, and what or when did you craft the Perlow formula or, or what made you want to share the Perlow formula? What is that in, its, in itself? What is the formula? Uh, well, like I said, I, I'd, I'd been on this long, long journey and, and I looked over and I, I created, I've written a book 
And every three uh, chapters or so, I had something called a waking monologue, right? Do you see what I see? Um, what is your emotional age? And, and, and when I looked over at the book, each one of those waking monologues had a clear practice. It was, a lot of it is your wisdom coming through, right? And, and so when it just showed up, I had no idea it was going to show up like that. You know, I just knew that I wanted to share what I had been learning and what per love does is package it in a way that I can hand it to people and they can say, okay, I see it. And the, 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 the wonderful thing about it is that they don't have to take my word for any one of the practices, because again, I, I'm an architect who puts big, you know, it takes 2 million decisions to put a set of drawings together. Right? So I just put the puzzle together. Every one of the practices is backed by gurus and teachers and different modalities and, and things I've read and learned. And, and so I just, I feel like if I, you know, if I, if I can help people in their busy lives, right. To realize that you don't have to be a monk or a nun. You don't have to, you know, meditate in a cave for 12 years or whatever. Right. You can be like, like I was 34 single, full-time job, lost, right? Um, and you can find your way. And all you have to do is believe there is a way. And per love is definitely one of those ways. But as I said, many teachings point back to, to the fact that we're much more than our, what I call our TEF, our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. And what does per love stand for? So it's in two parts. Uh, the pledge, evaluate, recognize is the more cerebral part of the formula where we first train the mind. Uh, we first pledge to watch our minds, grow our awareness, evaluate our, our patterns and defaults that, that um, operate below our level of awareness. And then we recognize them as they come up in our daily lives. These three simple practices form the basis for a mental transformation and are the three practices that I've found that are kind of been the missing link to there. There are so many teachings in love, right? So love is the more spiritual part of the practices. Uh, so when you, when you recognize these, these patterns as they come up in your daily life, creating space between you and your thoughts, emotions, and feelings, you start to, uh, your wisdom starts to come through in that space. You locate that calm space within your mind. And that's what L then is, locate. With that location, with that space that you, when you, when you meditate on it as an object of meditation, you understand that it, it has a little bit more movement than you might expect. It maybe is beyond your own, your, your body, the limits of this body and mind. You drop into your heart and you open, oh, open your heart, because that's where it says our true nature is. Then you vest or invest in what you find there, the flow that comes from an open heart. And finally, in the UE, the second E, you expand beyond your condition limits. So each practice is very, you know, very clear and very concise. But of course, these things take time, right? If you think about it, we all have between 6,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day. And without our awareness, we've been creating patterns for years and years and years. And it's what, what Per Love is all about is growing your awareness and changing those patterns, right? changing those patterns, creating that awareness, which is ultimately your true nature that you can rest in, right? And find peace in, but also see those patterns from a distance and change them to, and then in, in time, live those changes. 
And I, I see that you mentioned just to start six minutes a day. Yeah. Yep. Why, how did you arrive at, at, you know, six minutes and, and what was the thought process behind that? There's a story of a monk in one of my teaching and one of the, the Buddhist teachings that I was at. Um, I studied under the new Kadampa tradition, uh, Geshe Kelsen Gyatso Rinpoche. Uh, and the story was that there's a monk who was busy building a temple. And, and as he got busy with construction delays and cost overruns, he realized he didn't have time for his practice. And so he went to his guru and he said, look, with all of this going on, I don't have time for my practice. And the guru said to him, that's not a problem. All you need is six minutes a day. And that really resonated with me, you know, because a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't have a lot of time, right? And meditation, people think they need to sit there for 20 minutes or an hour. Meditation is just a tool, right? And meditation in, uh, in Tibetan, uh, gom, actually means to become familiar with, right? And I didn't even know this for years. <laughs> like, how did I not know this, right? So what we're doing with one minute, six times a day is we start with one minute, six times a day, but eventually we want to make this a 24-7 thing. And how do you do that? By creating the habit. We are creating a habit of growing our awareness, of watching our mind. So if you, for, for three weeks, if for one minute, six times a day, you just stop, take a deep breath, and just watch what's going on. You're not judging. You're not pushing it away. If you do that one minute, six times a day, this will start to happen automatically, right? That's what habits are. And eventually you will have created the habit of watching your mind. And so in time, you won't have to do the one minute, six times a day. You will have a habit of watching your mind and understanding, oh, that's a thought in my mind, right? That's not me. That's a thought in my mind. And so it starts there, one minute, six times a day. And from there, when you grow the awareness, you know, you already are starting to grow your wisdom, but what do you say to the person who doesn't believe in Buddhism? It's not all Buddhism, right? It's okay. not, it's just how the mind works, right? Like, like Tim Olmstead said, in fact, uh, this, this, uh, there's a movie called what the bleep do we know? Do you know that movie? No, no I'm not familiar, but I'll look it up. Okay. It came out in 2004. <laughs> it came out in 2004. And if you if you're interested in all in you know neuroscience and um, shoot I just lost the word uh, the science uh. I can't it won't, maybe it'll come to me but um, uh, so it came out in 2004 and it, it talks a lot about the mind and how these thoughts work thoughts that fire together wire together creating long term relationships making whatever we think about long-term, very solid, and very real. Um, it's a it's a documentary movie mix. It's got Marlene Mat Matlin in it. And, uh -huh. um, and they talk about uh, how anything we think about um, makes it, anything we think about consistently, consciously, unconsciously seem very solid and very real. So those people that that, are, that, you know, if you don't understand, it's because you're enmeshed in all those thoughts, emotions, and feelings, right? You have to, you just have to, you just have to believe there's something better. And you, it, and what, what I love about the practices and about these simple truths is that you don't have to be a Buddhist. You don't have to be a Christian. 
You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be in therapy. You don't have to, you can just be a person and you can just do this. And when you understand how the mind works, you will know what you need to do to create that change you want to be. And for this, what if I, what if I'm listening and I'm, I'm curious, uh, is there a trial period or is there a full, is it a full commitment? How does that work? If I reach out to you and contact you? Well, what you, you know, what you do is again, I'm, I'm all about getting these practices out there. And so if you go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, you'll be sent a link to a free one hour class that goes through each one of these practices. Um, uh, for an hour. <laughs> and it, it talks about the gurus and teachings behind them, right? T completely free. The, and, you know, and then of course, you'll get my newsletter once a month where I give insights on the practices also free. And I would tell someone, you know, it doesn't take a commitment to it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't take a commitment to, you know, to sign up for anything beyond, besides the newsletter, you know, growing my email list is going to help get, it, get these practices out there. Um, but I would tell them this, if you want to learn something, if you want to change something, if you want uh, to create something new in your life, you must do it over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? It takes three times. Listen to this podcast three times, right? To even remember it, eight times to let it sink in and 21 days to make it a habit. And if you think about it, all these anxious thoughts that we do over and over and over again, that sends all the anxious chemicals down to our body, right? We have all of that. That's going to resist change when we go to change, right? So you must do something. If you're interested in these practices, get the video, the, the link, and watch it over and over and over again. Long before, even 10 years into my journey, even before my Buddhist study, I was... Um, given a CD um, by a great therapist I had uh, from John Kabat-Zinn. And even before my Buddhist study, I knew how important it was to listen to something over and over and over and over again. And I did. I listened to it over and over and over again, because what happens then is that it starts to play in your head, right? Just like all those anxious thoughts start to play in your head. All of those positive, helpful things start to play in your head which is exactly what helped me along the way, because then when something else that's similar to that comes along, you haven't forgotten this podcast that you listened to in September of 2023 and never, never listened to again, right? You know it and you're like, oh wait, that's it. That's the same thing. And you start to connect these things together. So you can get a long way in per love without, you know, without spending a dime. It's, you know, it's, it's all out there for you. And then, then the teachings that I reference in, in my, in my class, you know, go look at those books, read those books. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely amazing. I, I think that, you know, we, we kind of just breezed over the point that you were an architect, you were in, you were at the top of an industry, yeah. you know, making decisions and making a lot of, or, uh, good money. I don't want to say a lot of money, <laughs> but you were, you were, you know, you had a, you had a great career. You didn't have to do this. And the fact that you decided at a certain point that you were going to retire before the retirement age, which is moving up to 70, right? Yeah. So you, you retired 30 years in advance almost, you know, I, I just think that's absolutely amazing. And that's a testament to 
the formula itself, right? And yeah. it, and and it's a and it's a body of work, right? That you actually put in the you put in the work, you put in the time to create something that um I believe that my listeners and and anybody who who's watching this should definitely sign up for. Yeah. Well, thank you. And and thank you for 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 mentioning that, James. I I do appreciate that. And I was you know, I worked at a large firm. I was an associate principal, set to be the managing principal in, in San Francisco. I worked in Egypt, um, in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. I worked for Stanford. I worked in New York. So, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I wanted to do this, right? I wanted to. I, I, I mean, I, I loved my career, but it was like been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And I knew I could do more help, more work here. And, and it's much more peaceful. Architecture can be very adversarial, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you do a set of drawings, contractors bid on it, and then it's their job to find your mistakes, you know, and then to get change orders. And, you know, so I did want to do this. I'm not going to kid myself. But, yeah, I did. I did leave a major career. And the, the beautiful thing was, and for anyone out there listening, is that you can be a single parent and you can be in your career and you can... Um, and you can and you can find train your mind at the same time. In fact, in, in invest in V. I say again that everything that happens in your life, every person, place, or thing, every event is showing you what you need to set yourself free. When I, I, I moved, I'm from South Dakota originally, the Black Hills of South Dakota, Mount Rushmore. Ooh. Uh, but I moved to Minneapolis to grow my career and my spiritual growth. I grew to, I, I moved to the greater New York City area to do the same. I over to San Francisco to live in a Dharma house. And, you know, each time I did that, um, change is scary, right? But the more you change and the more you practice change, anything you practice is going to become more familiar with to you. And, you know, you can go as far as you want to go. Two of the most important words I learned during my Buddhist study were familiarity and habituation. Right? You know, if we're if we're not familiar with change, it's scary to us, right? If we're if our habit is anxiety, that's what we're going to do. But but you can change, you can turn that around. I think that's I think that is well said. A question that I always ask uh, my guest is, uh, what's I always say what's next, but what's the most meaningful next step for you? You know, I I was so selfish when I was, you know, when I was stuck and lost and um, self-absorbed, I say, and I, and I was forced to think about others when, when I had to, you know, kind of fight for my children and, and, and to prevent my alienation from them. And so really I've come to the point where this me right? Is, is whatever happens to this me is fine. But the biggest thing I'd like to do before this expires is to, you know, the, is to, is to share this at whatever degree I can, you know, I'm hoping to do, I'm looking to do, I'm speaking at a mindfulness expo in uh, Anaheim, California in three weeks. So if any of your listeners are in California, you should attend this mindfulness expo at the convention center. I'm speaking at two o'clock. I'm hoping to speak, uh, uh, do a TEDx talk eventually, um, but just the more clarity I can, I can get out there. Um, really, one of the things I've learned to do, um, when you listen to this, when you rest in this awareness that you grow, 
is that the wisdom comes through. You don't have to figure out how to get there. Things show up, right? Like, like you showing up in my, you know, this podcast, this opportunity to speak to whoever's listening out there showed up, right? I've gotten to, because of this 20 year journey and how, how everything has shown up, I've, I've, I've grown my trust, you know, and this will be whatever it's meant to be. And it will get to whoever is ready to hear it. Well, I want to thank you. Uh, um, is there any where that other than the links that I'm going to provide backlinks that people can reach you any emails or, uh, yeah. other social media? Yep. Um, yep. I don't know what you ha- what I gave you for the links again, it's been a while since we scheduled this, but, um, if you have any questions, you can email me at holly at perloveformula.com. I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, I'm at Holly, uh, Perlove W Holly McNeil is my handle. So if you type in at, on Instagram, if you type in Perlove at Perlove, P-E-R-L-O-V-E, I'll come up on Facebook as well. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping I'll be speaking in Anaheim. I'm, I'm hoping if any, I'm hoping to be speaking more. And, and I don't know, I'm hoping people will find me along the way. They will find, they will find the practices. Yeah. If, if that's, if that's what will help them uh, find their way home. Well, I truly want to thank you for coming on the show. I believe that your story is absolutely amazing. We didn't even dig into the, you know, the fight, the, the real fight for your kids. That was a, a long backstory. I, I recommend anyone read it. Go to perloveformula.com. And then the backstory is on the site as well. Um, the formula is on the site, but definitely sign up so that you can get the full experience. And Holly is a very, very welcoming person and she's persistent. We, you know, we corresponded for a while. So I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. Uh, I want to thank you again just for coming on the show. And for everyone that's listening, be sure to keep it uplifting. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to check out the site, keepituplisten.com, to stay in touch with all of us here at the podcast. We would love to hear from you, especially myself, the main host, but we would love to hear from you any topics you would love to talk about. Uh-huh.